Hi, this is Mary Van Bon, and I am going to be reading you the Daniel chapter 2, verses 1 through 23 in the NIV. In the second year of his reign, Nebuchadnezzar had dreams. His mind was troubled, and he could not sleep. So the king summoned the magicians, enchanters, sorcerers, and astrologers to tell him what he had dreamed. When they came in and stood before the king, he said to them, I have a dream. I've had a dream that troubles me, and I want to know what it means. Then the astrologers answered the king, May the king live forever. Tell your servants the dream, and we will interpret it. The king replied to the astrologers, uh, this is what I have firmly decided. If you do not tell me what my dream was and interpret it, I will have you cut into pieces and your houses turned into piles of rubble. But if you tell me the dream and explain it, you will receive from me gifts and rewards and great honor. So tell me the dream and interpret it for me. Once more they replied, Let the king tell the servants the dream and we will interpret it. Then the king answered, I am certain that you're trying to gain time because you realize that this is what I have firmly decided. If you don't tell me the dream, there's only one penalty for you. You have conspired to mislead me and tell me wicked things, hoping that the situation will change. So then, tell me the dream. I will know that you can interpret it for me. The astrologers answered the king, There is no one on earth who can do what the king asks. No king, however great and mighty, has ever asked such a thing of any magician or enchanter or astrologer. What the king asks is too difficult. No one can reveal it to the king except the gods, and they do not live among humans. This made the king so angry and furious that he ordered the execution of all the wise men of Babylon. So the decree was issued to put the wise men to death and men were sent to look for Daniel and his friends to put them to death. When Arioch, the commander of the king's guard, had gone out to put to death the wise men of Babylon, Daniel spoke to him with wisdom and tact. He asked the king's officer, Why did the king issue such a harsh decree? Arioch then explained the matter to Daniel. At this, Daniel went in to the king and asked for time so that he might interpret the dream for him. Then Daniel returned to his house and explained the matter to his friends, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. He urged them to plead for mercy from the God of heaven concerning this mystery, so that he and his friends might not be executed with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. During the night, the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision. Then Daniel praised the God of heaven and said, Praise be to the name of God forever and ever. Wisdom and power are his. He changes times and seasons. He deposes kings and raises up others. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what lies in darkness and light dwells with him. I thank and praise you, God of my ancestors. You have given me wisdom and power you have made known to me what we asked of you. You have made known to us the dream of the king. Wow. So this story is at a time 
period, a culture. It's so foreign to me. There's, there, I, I feel like I know very little about what it actually might have been like. But this is what I do see. I see that there's this group of teenagers, Daniel and his three friends, and they probably were royalty or nobility because the previous chapter tells us that it's the royal family and the nobility that gets whisked off and conscribed to do service for the king. So it's these teen friends that are taken um, into exile to serve King Nebuchadnezzar. And what they do, what I see, what I don't see, actually, is I don't see them conspiring to try to get out and escape. Essentially, they uh, serve their oppressor. And that king, Nebuchadnezzar, he is harsh and erratic. In, in verse 5, he's telling them if, they, if the astrologers don't tell him the dream, he's going to just cut them to pieces and turn their houses into rubble. And then a little bit later, he gets paranoid in verse 9 when they say they can't. He says, you're just conspiring against me, trying to mislead me and tell me wicked things. And and then farther in on verse 12, his reaction, he's just, his reactivity explodes in anger and fury and murderous plans. He says he's so mad that he orders all of the wise men to be put to death simply because nobody could do this thing that is in fact impossible to do. And then there's Daniel when he hears about it. He responds to it not with judgment or condemnation or talking, uh, discussing it, getting opinions, um, expressing his opinions about the king, the king's character, how insane he is. But instead, he responds, it says, with wisdom and tact, which is prudent caution, discretion in practical affairs and intelligent reason, judgment and discretion in replies. So the first thing Daniel does is ask questions with wisdom intact to get clarity. Then he goes to the king and he tells him, I'm going to do this impossible thing. Then he goes to his friends and he says, plead for God's mercy. And then in that night, he has uh, this dream vision. And uh, there's so much that we could say about dreams and visions but time's not going to allow right now, other than I would say, pay attention to your dreams and mind's eye pictures that you get and ask the Lord and expect to, for, for him to speak to you through them. But so Daniel hears from God that way and responds with thank you and praising him. He praises God and says, you've got this, you've got wisdom and power and you raise and lower kings and you give knowledge and you reveal what's hidden and you're the host of light. And he's just thanking him and exclaiming, extolling his virtues and then says, thank you. You have given me what I asked for, which was the wisdom and power to know how to interpret the dream so as to save the lives of a lot of people. So what Daniel doesn't do is go and complain, is speak fearfully is stir up anxiety, is condemn, is judge that insanity, is ask for other people's opinions, debate, discuss, try to figure things out, give his own opinions. He doesn't do any of that. Instead, he's actually living in a way that's conforming to his situation, even though it's chaotic and oppressive. He's serving without complaint. 
He's respectful. He's asking questions for clarification. He later in chapter six, he even uses the phrase with the king saying, may the king live forever. So he's even honorable and adopting to their customary greetings. And it's interesting to note, too, that this this particular section of the book, um, I think it's where we started at at chapter two through to, I think, the end of chapter six is all written in Aramaic, which is the language of the oppressors. It's the common language for Babylon. The rest of the book and the rest of all of the Old Testament, except for a tiny other bit, I think, in Ezra, is written in Hebrew. So in other words, even his writing at this point has adopted the common writing of the land. He's speaking their language, adopting to some of their customs, treating them with respect and honor, even though this king is just erratic and rash and harsh and paranoid and angry and reactive. Daniel, instead, in this situation that really is out of his control, doesn't address that. Instead, he asks the questions. He stays sound of mind. He goes straight to God. He trusts God's faithfulness. He expects a solution from him. When he gets it, he goes straight to thanking him for it, and then he follows through on it. He's focused not on the circumstances, but on God, who he lives in close, continual relationship with as a child. Israel, Daniel, and his friends were the children of God, and God is their father. It's different than what the astrologers say in verse 11 about God's not even living among humans. Daniel knew God who lived among him, who was his father, who could be trusted. And Daniel then doesn't go to him asking for his own comfort or enjoyment, but he's participating in the greater story, God's greater story of saving lives. So let's just pray. Present God and Father who lives among us, we, your children, acknowledge that you have all solutions, that you have all wisdom and knowledge, that you know what is deep and hidden in the dark, yet you host the light which will never be overcome by the darkness. We thank you for your nearness, for speaking to us for giving us dreams and visions, for answers and directions. You are trustworthy and faithful. Help us keep our eyes off ourselves and our situations. We choose not to exalt them above you. Help us fix our eyes on you. Remove every obstacle that blocks our hearing and seeing and knowing you and instead embolden us to be part of your greater story. Give us bravery to fearlessly and boldly step up to do the impossible because we can when we're solidly sure of you. Give us that boldness, Lord, to walk into the impossibles for your namesake, for your glory, and for your kingdom to come. In Jesus' name, amen.